Good morning Europe, your Gaia X updates, live from London, by the Uptime Punks and Echo. Okay, welcome back to another episode of um, Good Morning Europe, and um, it's going to be the lovely Emma and myself. Uh, Tim, Tim is facing um, a problem of ultimate destruction, which is called IT. Even though we live in the era of digital transformation, um, everybody knows um, when the computer says no, it unfortunately means no. And with us, we have today a guest, which is uh, Stefan Schäfer from OVH Cloud. Welcome, Stefan. How are you? Hi, I'm fine. Thank you. Thanks for having me in this call or podcast. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's some sort of um, vocal medium which is going to be spread via an RSS feed through the World Wide Web to the thousands of listeners who can't wait to hear our voices. And, of course, also welcome to the great Emma. Emma, how are you today? Hi, Paul. Hi, Stefan. I'm fine. Thank you for asking. So, um, as you guys know, with our Good Morning Europe, um, it's all about Gaia X, and we want to know what's going on, and we want to know what's the newest trends, the newest news, and what's happening and what's going on. So, why don't we start from the front line already? Emma, what's going on? What's happening? What's new? I, I, I'm not going to ask you if the platform is up and running, because Andrea <laughs> said that will be in autumn, so I don't want to push our luck here. That's really wise of you. I would, I wouldn't, I wouldn't either push my <laughs> push the limits. No, I'm just kidding. So what's new uh, in the Gaia X world? So um, maybe something really exciting is that uh, we closed the call for proposals for the uh, national funding competition that is going on. So the uh, we have the uh, the uh, German Federal Ministry of Economics and Energy that. Um, uh, yeah, wants to promote innovative, yeah, I would say, data ecosystems based on the Gaia-X architecture. And uh, now we uh, asked the applicants to initially drop a project outline. And um, now they will assess these, uh, these uh, first outlines. And then uh, hopefully we will have the, uh, yeah, I would say the shortlist in the beginning of June, I suppose. And then hopefully... We will get some more news there and uh, have some use cases ready that will use the Federation services soon, <laughs> hopefully. Well, that's good. This means now the snowball is slowly starting to mm. roll, um, which maybe fast forward and also to um, the one of the summits we have in June, which is going to be also use case update, where Stefan is going to be speaking as well as a panelist and yourself, you're hosting as well, one of the panels, mm. um, where we're going to speak a little bit more about GAIA-X use cases updates. Mm. But before we get in the ring for that one, for those of you who don't know Stefan Schaefer, Stefan, why don't you introduce yourself and you tell everybody what you do at OVH Cloud? Yeah, sure, can do that. So I'm Stefan, I'm living in Cologne. I'm working for uh, OVH Cloud um, since September, so not that long. Um, and I'm doing, uh, I'm responsible for the product marketing uh, international. So for all product marketing activities outside of uh, France. 
And okay. in doing so, I'm uh, also uh, supporting Gaia X in especially the German chapter. Oh. And you also have one of the best voices for a podcast. And this is this is a compliment I've given him when the first time I had with an online conversation. I was like, your voice, perfect for commercial. Like That's my next career. I'm working on that. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, Stefan, everybody should get to know you a little bit. So, to, 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 so everybody can guess your age. What was your first mobile phone and your first computer? Oh, uh, my first computer was an Atari 1000 ST. <laughs> okay, and your so, first phone? My first phone was an Ericsson. I can't remember the number, but it had a it had actually an antenna on it, <laughs> and it was uh, the DNet. 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 Yeah. Uh Okay, so pretty old school. Is, is that yeah, what you thank you. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm, I'm not. I'm not applying anything. Is, is that what got you into tech, or how did you end up in tech? Um, <laughs> actually, by accident. But okay, yeah. So I <laughs> I studied computer science, and uh, based on that, uh, I. I ended up here because I thought math mathematics, pure mathematics is too difficult. Let's go for computer science. <laughs> so you were like, you, 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 you're good with the number one and zero. So that's why you went to computer so, yeah. science. <laughs> uh, it's getting difficult with the, sec uh, with the two and the three. Uh, that's why I'm uh, st stuck with zero and one. <laughs> okay. And um, because we had your colleague previously here, Francois, and he told us he got a really nice COVID gadget. So during the lockdown, what have you discovered for yourself as a COVID gadget? Because his was a pinball machine. So I'm wondering what you got yourself. <laughs> Actually, I think I renovated my kitchen. <laughs> but that's it. <laughs> okay. So um, Gaia X, um, since you evolved in September, and um, OVH Cloud is one of the founding members. Um, and you guys are just right up there in the mix. Um, what, what was the motivation for you guys to get involved with Gaia X and what sort of was the vision of OVH Cloud to be part of it? I think um, Gaia X um, is supporting European data sovereignty. That's the overall storyline, according to my understanding. Uh, there maybe a lot of people have different views on that, but my understanding of Gaia X is supporting European data sovereignty and being a European cloud provider uh, that always men, uh, mentioned already as a, a unique selling point that we are uh, not uh, um, depending on cloud act or anything else. This was of course an immediate match. Huh? So from our perspective uh, and um, that's also, of course, uh, has something to do with awareness, with uh, also um, getting a good network up and running that supports our uh, DNA. So for us, that was a, a, an easy match to say because it was just the same story that we always mentioned in our pitches as well. Okay. And do, do you sort of feel that, or actually, let me ask you a different way. Let's, let's start with the tricky one. What is your own definition of GAIA-X? I think uh, my, my definition of Gaia-X is that uh, Gaia-X is providing customers the security that they can uh, know where their data is hosted at any point in time, know who is actually able to access the data at any point in time, and uh, they know which legacy this is uh, governing uh, uh, over the data center that is used. Um, and that uh, to be sure that this is only European legacy. 
and European rulings. And that's my story. So uh, you can see it. I mean, there are a lot of discussions ongoing and in the, in the last weeks as well, because a lot of other uh, parties that may not only under uh, be under European legacy um, wanted to join and are joining uh, Gaia-X as well. Uh, and the question is, is that uh, still the, uh, the DNA of Gaia-X? Is it still that you are only European legacy and you're totally free of uh, American or Chinese or any other rulings? And for, for me, yes, that's Gaia-X. And I hope it stays like that. So, which means that, if I understood it correctly here, that you're saying that it should stay under European umbrella rather than being um, exported to the world and sold across the globe. Um, you can use it wherever you are, but uh, it should be uh, European uh, only from uh, from the technical platform that it's providing. So, for example, uh, someone in Brazil can buy a Gaia-X service. Of course, why shouldn't he or she? But uh, it is still a Gaia-X service, so it, is, it has to run uh, in Europe and has to be only under European legacy. So, which comes then back to the partnership which you guys now basically did, which means that um, if a larger firm wants to enter the European market, they have to partner up with a European uh, cloud provider. Is that the that's way a, that's you would option. see? Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, that's a way so this we is, can do it. So that's basically then you then you are sure that European laws and legislations are followed, and that the data would be at all times stored in the European realm. Let's call it like that, right? Yeah, yeah. But, that, but then I think other factors come into place, like we had Amanda Brock a couple of weeks uh, before here on uh, the podcast. Um, I mean, Brexit has screwed up a lot of things for them. Because <laughs> 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 that's where next one will start. But okay, so this means for you guys as OVH Cloud, you see it as a European product which should stay within European framework, but it's open for customers from around the globe, but everybody should follow basically the European regulations. Yes, is that the, the that's, right the, that's the bottom line. Okay, uh, do, do, you, do you think GAIA-X is going at the moment in the right direction? Or do you think it um, could be a little bit faster? Or where do you think are the biggest hurdles in terms of um, internal and external forces maybe not giving it the right support? Um, where would you like to see more support or more work or more... Um, more people speaking about it or being more open about it because every project somehow has always a little um, delay phase, let's say. And sometimes you just would need to push the right buttons in order to get it moving forward. Yeah, I, I think um, if you look at the main Gaia-X players currently, it's uh, Germany and France, obviously. Uh, and I think uh, in order to be a real European story, it would be good if other uh, countries are engaging more in uh, in the Gaia-X environment as well. I've seen some activities in Italy, um, but apart from that, not so much. And I think uh, that would be something uh, if it would wants to be real European and not only a German-French thing, uh, then uh, this needs to change. Uh, we need to be more uh, European. Even with the UK, if that's necessary, you know. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I think in the UK, the problem, the problem is not the people; it's just the government. But yeah, yeah possible. Like, like yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but um, but what do you think is the reason behind this? Is it because um, well, because the federation is run out of um, Brussels, and that's why there's mainly just German and French companies are involved, or? Um, what do you think will be the main um, 
well, the main hurdle in this? Is it because it's not being advertised across Europe enough? Yeah, maybe uh, the others are not feeling engaged enough. Maybe it's also a question about invitation. Uh, you need to invite others as well to join. Uh, and maybe that's... Uh, since the... Uh, the um, the activities are only speeding up slowly now uh, because there will be the first uh, big uh, assembly with a with a new uh, organization and with a new um, uh, CEO, etc. In June now, um, so that's the, it's just kicking off. So that's why it's probably uh, it's okay that it has not been engaged uh, by other people so far. Oh yes, this was Boris Johnson. Lights I'm very sorry for that. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I'm not allowed to enter UK anymore. But <laughs> but but I, but uh, so it's okay uh, that that no one engaged in the in the past because the, there were too many cloudy things. But now uh, things are getting uh, concrete uh, soon. So step by step, there will be made decisions, uh, and it would be good if uh, more countries will be engaged in these decisions so that the. Uh, uh, there is a bigger audience and a bigger acceptance for it. Um, are, are you guys working on any interesting use cases or uh, programs or models with your clients uh, to do with Gaia X? Yeah, uh, I mean, Emma uh, mentioned the uh, uh, funding uh, activity that had uh, the the, um, the date of 7th of May, where you had to hand in the proposals. And we handed in two proposals, I believe. Uh, and one was uh, always in partnerships. Obviously, that was the whole setup. So you needed to do that in partnerships. And we did that uh, with startups and universities. Two uh, cases, one uh, is around um, healthcare and the other one is around IoT data lakes. Can you tell us a little bit more about those? Naya, uh, so, uh, a little <laughs> bit, to put it like that. I mean, uh, oh, just, just a little sneak peek, just open the folder a little bit and... Um... Yeah, I think uh, both go in an interesting direction, and uh, these directions are um, so. The, on the one hand, uh, Gaia X, of course, since it is uh, setting up the European data sovereignty for all critical data, data lakes are very interesting. Uh, so, have a data lake for healthcare or IoT or financial uh, data is uh, very important, uh, and having that uh, under the the leg le European legislation is basically key. And that's why this la the one activity for data lake is very interesting in our case it's iot but it's just actually the the structure is from our perspective in the end the same so you need to have a, a, a data lake that is secure that is fast that is uh, underlying the european uh, rules and on the other hand uh, easy to access for all the partners and that's the other uh, activity we do it in healthcare but it can also be done in all other activities to uh, uh, build up a, a an easy to integrate uh, intermediate layer put it like that like a uh, an API structure or uh, a docking station uh, where uh, companies or startups that are developing uh, app apps in the healthcare, financial, uh, IoT, wherever, can easily dock uh, to such a, such a data lake and can easily use that uh, infrastructure. So these are the two activities we are actually working on and engaging it currently. And we do that in these two examples, but in the end, they can be used for all uh, data uh, uh, relevant activities, or put it like that, for all activities where uh, data security is a relevant topic. Um, I mean, for uh, everything in public sector, healthcare, IoT, whatever. 
what this means basically somebody can access the data in like you give them a certain how would you say it like um German, you say schablone or like um, you give them just a cutout model and if that's of what they're allowed to see and they can't see more than that exactly it's like exactly. it's like a stencil stencil that's what you call it in english a stance um <laughs> the same way you make the christmas cookies out of it so it's, it's, mm -hmm. it's yeah it's basically the same way so you can just see a part of it a partial part of it and that's the all the access you get so they can't download the data but they can just work on it or um True, and on the other hand, they can also fill such a stance. So there is then also an interface if they have, uh, if you collect data from, I don't know, traffic lights or uh, parking systems, parking meters, then you can collect that data, put it in that stance, and then fill it into the data lake without taking care about the storage itself and, and so on, because that's then done in the uh, GaiaX compliant data hub. But let's go a little bit uh, philosophical. Who owns the data then? Yeah, very good question. And uh, you know, I mean, it's a use case in the beginning and we start with a, with a discussion. But it's an interesting discussion. And in the end, it makes also data monetizable in the end. Uh, if you are able to have such a data lake and everyone can put his data there, uh, then there is the governance question, but there's also the option to, to sell data and uh, make it make money out of it. Yeah. Because data is the new sun, as we like to say. Um, or oil, say. or <laughs> oil, oil, oil is the wrong terminology. Yeah, you're right. You're living, right. That's not uh, because we're living in an era of net zero and sustainability. Um, you're right. If Francois would hear you saying oil, he would not be happy. I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> so let's say sun. Okay. Sun. So, so data is the new sun because um, a, mm -hmm. a lot of companies are fueled by data and businesses, and um, I think a, a lot of. I think the entire world is data driven by now. I mean, if if you open your phone, if you walk through a high street or an airport or whatever it is, it's data driven. Um, Absolutely. So yeah, so I think I think the, mo the the way to monetize this data that's uh, that's the next step. So we need to find ways how to monetize, but not only collecting, not only uh, having it. Uh, let's put it like uh, um, securely s stored, but also uh, to to be able to monetize it in a secure way, in a data secure way. Well, there's already um, apps in America that allow you to give permission to hand over your data to providers and you get paid for it. Mm -hmm. Because at the moment, what is happening, people are using your data. You might be aware, not aware, whatever it is, but they're monetizing on it. And like this, you will actually yourself be monetizing it. Uh, for example, healthcare companies, health insurances, where... Um, Smartwatches are the best examples. Um, there's yeah, a couple yeah. of um, insurance companies in the UK which give you a discount on a smartwatch if you walk 8,000 steps a day. And with that, you get a discount on the insurance as well. But then once you stop walking 8,000 steps, your insurance premium goes up. And it's things like this where data can be used. Okay, so this means, um, so this means basically you guys are looking into how data can be made more accessible in a safer way for more people, which means that you could provide more products and services to people around Europe in a safer way. Yeah, exactly. And I think if we get out of this time where, or the the, the, the uh, era where all data is just used for free and available for everyone, and we want to change that and make uh, people uh, the, the owner of their data, then you also need to get, find ways how they can uh, govern their data and give uh, uh, give access to the data for money and for uh, for um, monetizing for companies as well. But Stefan, so just 
for my interest, just one question. Um, so uh, in the use cases you just mentioned, the two proposals that, that you, uh, uh, you turned in uh, for assessment, uh, is the monetizing part also something that is in scope in these use cases as well? No, in the moment, it's no. okay. uh, the, the technical interfaces are the uh, in that okay. scope. Monetizing mm -hmm. is then the next step. Yeah. Mm. Okay. And, and and do you think so? This is do you think this is now the next steps before? Um, what do you feel like are the next steps now with GaiaX? I mean, the platform has to come out at some point. We're not going to ask the date. Not allowed to ask. Um, this is going to get cut out of the podcast. Obviously not. Um, but um, uh, we'll so sorry, but I can promise you that uh, we will have the first tender ready next week, though. So we are going public now, finally. So the first, uh, let's say we have 17 lots that will be uh, uh, open for tender. And uh, the first uh, three lots will be, uh, we, we will start next week with the open tender and then hopefully have the first parts of the platform ready <laughs> by the end of this year. I, and I think that Stefan is, is about to say something. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I'm just, uh, you know, the normal uh, reaction to that is we are not building a platform. We're just building a federated services, uh, you know, and the end to end usage of uh, and platform. That's, of course, the, the bringing it all up to up and running and bringing it to life. So, of course, we need these central services like the federation services, the mm, uh, identity true. services, etc. And they are very important. Without that, it doesn't it's, it's not possible at all. But the next step, of course, is to have then uh, the top uh, the, uh, from top to bottom uh, and uh, use cases and that's why these use cases that uh, have just been uh, described and we are only one two of mm. uh, and Emma knew how many have, have applied so uh, several uh, more than hundred have applied and these use cases that are they are crucial because they are then in the end mm. uh, from top to bottom create uh, using the the service and create uh, an ecosystem of use cases that are based on the Gaia X uh, federated services okay but does this mean for all the people that were skeptical skeptical about Gaia X that be careful because now it's looking like it is actually going to work out does this mean with the use cases coming up now this is actually a positive message yeah, definitely. It's it's definitely a positive message. Also, because uh, it shows that there is a lot of interest, and not only from small companies. If I look at the companies that applied in the use cases, there are so many big companies that want to be part of this new uh, yeah. ecosystem. I think that's a clear sign that uh, a lot of people are convinced this is going into the right direction. And also, if I mean, uh, if I may say. Uh, that uh, if you look at the interest that the uh, American hypervisors have in Gaia X, that's also a clear sign. Huh? They wouldn't, if it would be totally ir irrelevant, they wouldn't even care. Huh? But they care, so they want to br bring uh, something into into the game, and that shows that it's uh, actually uh, that there is a future for it or a, a potential future. Put it like that, but the the likelihood is not too bad. I mean, the question is: Will it look at the end the way? Will it look at the end like it was envisioned? That is the question. But I think along the process of trying to create it, a lot of great things are coming out of it already, um, from what we can see. 
And I think it's great because a lot of companies are working together that normally wouldn't work together, um, especially in, in Europe where everybody's, uh, I wouldn't say at war at all times, but uh, people are not too friendly between each other if they have different logos and work in the same sectors. So um, that's, I think it's a great thing and it shows the European spirit. So that's something um, really great. So Stefan, from your perspective, what would you like to see in the next six months from GaiaX? Well, of course, that my two use cases have been selected. <laughs> but okay, that's just a very <laughs> egoistic view of it. <laughs> no, I actually, I uh, I would love to see that uh, a lot of really interesting and uh, diverse use cases will be selected in this round. And also that the federated services will uh, come to life. And if we are, let's say, in September or October, and we are, uh, uh, we see the first services, the first use cases uh, materializing, uh, then that would be a great step ahead. Okay. Um, and Emma, he didn't mention the platform, which is great, you see. There um, is no platform, Paul. <laughs> there is I, I, no. you, you should listen to your guests. <laughs> we know the truth. There is no platform such as you understand, but yeah. Well, anyway. the way I see it, the, the way I first, I mean, I must make a confession here in front of both of you. The way I envisioned it the first time when I heard Andrea speaking about it was it's like a, a, a little online shopping platform. You go on it and you go, okay, so I have an office in Madrid. I would like to order one basket full of OVH cloud services <laughs> with some Microsoft Outlook services. My database should be stored with Salesforce. So that's the way I envisioned it. And then on the bottom, there's a drop-down box and it tells me I can have it in this and this country um, where my data is stored. That's I mean, the way how I envisioned it. But that's a platform. But as you said, I, I, I no wouldn't platform. say it's it, it's I wouldn't say it's not true what you what you just uh, said. But I think it's important to say to understand that there is not like one provider that will set up a platform and uh, and operate it, but rather that. Uh, we have a lot of federators that will have different, if you want to call it platforms, then we have more than one platform. That's for sure. <laughs> yeah, and I think uh, there was a, a common misunderstanding that Gaia X will become a cloud provider. That's not the case. Eh? Gaia X is a nonprofit organization, but it is uh, enabling these platforms that are then following the Gaia X rules. So basically, it's like a marketplace for services. <laughs> If you want it that way. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Okay. So as the Gaia X Good Morning is always a little short version, um, I have to unfortunately say, Stefan, you need to say your last words on this episode. And um, hopefully, um, we, anyways, we will hear you speak in a couple of days already, in three weeks, at the Gaia X 2 Use Case Summit, which is quite interesting. Um, but yeah, um, anything you would like to leave behind for the generations to follow? <laughs> <laughs> well, have a lovely day. <laughs> and I would look forward to see uh, a lot of uh, listeners engaging in Gaia X in the future as well. So it's yeah, also it's an invitation. Everyone can join. Everyone can help uh, to build that uh, infrastructure. So support us. I mean, this is maybe one of the misconceptions a lot of people have. A lot of people think it's always oh, only for the big companies. If I'm a small, not at all, not at all. 
Yeah. So, for so example, is... in the use cases, it was very important. It was one of the mandatory requirements that small companies and startups are in each and every use case included so that they are also uh, engaged uh, and encouraged to, to join. So if there are startups out there or people thinking about great ideas, come around, join us and support us and build with us together this new uh, ecosystem and, according to Paul, platform. <laughs> All right. Um, Emma, anything from you to end the day with? Have a nice day. Enjoy your coffee, <laughs> beer, whatever. <laughs> and yeah, we hope to welcome you all back to um, another update sooner or later. And if you can't get enough of us, you can find us on LinkedIn. Thank you very much, everybody. Take care. Cheers. Thank you. Bye. Good morning, Europe. Your Gaia X updates live from London by the Uptime Punks and Echo. Oh, yeah.